ready to go live and and we're live welcome to the commissioner evaluation show this is me just doing what i love to do talking to some awesome fantasy football players in the fantasy football world and today we'll talk to my friend in fantasy community in the fantasy community my friend in real life and my foe in my home fantasy football league nick script we'll talk to nick about his likes his dislikes some of the settings he prefers and leagues he plays in you know things he'd like to do his commissioners to do in his leagues some players he likes late we'll hit some current events then, as usual, we'll evaluate a team to see what Nick recommends to either rebuild or remodel the roster. Um, so I had the pleasure of sitting here with Nick Scrip, which is, uh, you know, a good friend of mine. It's it's a pleasure to do these shows with guys who are who I'm, uh, you know, comfortable with or consider friends with or, you know, tapped a couple glasses with, had some beers with, you know, had a good time with. And he's a, he's one of the regulars at, at, at the uh, at his bar or my bar. So it's uh, or the bars around here by our house. So thanks for coming on, Nick. Thank you very much. Uh, Tell me about yourself, where the Twitter machine can find you, and what you do in the fantasy community. Well, first and foremost, uh, thanks for having me on here. I, obviously, me and you, uh, we just hung out this this past uh, this past weekend, so we see each other when we can, and uh, it's always fun to talk football. So to get in front of a, a camera here and actually record it, um, I think is always good for a, a show, especially to seeing uh, us having a couple of drinks and, and talking football seems to flow out too easily. But you can find me on Twitter at P2W Fantasy. Uh, I try to drop content on a daily basis there, and, and I try to be um, active dropping content in a variety of forms. So like there will be days where I, I'll have like a, a thread of something and then I'll have like a short video. I'll have a live stream or I'll have a written article and just try to mix things up. I I'm employed through Fantasy Points, uh, where I do some live shows for them. Uh, I write for Bear Goggles On. My podcast, P2W Fantasy, is a member of the Fantasy Points Media Group. So as far as the fantasy community, I'm pretty active, and I, I try to stay active as a, as a content creator. So I'm, I'm happy to uh, not have to write a show sheet and prepare for a show. So thanks again for having me on. It is pretty nice just jumping on with people and kind of having a good time, especially when it's you know people you're comfortable with. So it's, uh, it's great. Tell me about a day in the life of one Nick Scrip, who is the Energizer Bunny, as far as I'm concerned, from the alarm clock in the morning to uh, hitting the pillow at night. Because you have, you are a man of many, many hats, and uh, you know, getting up in the morning and P2W fit and soccer, and some guys just, you know, some guys just do this for a living. They just do fantasy football for a living, and yeah. you are rocking it, like you just do fantasy football for a living. But tell everybody about what a day in the life of Nick Scrip is like. Yeah, so. Monday through Friday, my alarm is off at, at 4.30. I get up, uh, typically just like let the dogs out. Um, then I head to the uh, the gym down the street, get a good workout in, literally six days a week, sometimes five. Um, from there, shoot straight out to to, uh, to Hinsdale, which is about a 30-minute drive from the gym. Uh, I work seven to three. I sneak in content when I can over there. So usually I get an hour break. I do stuff at night to kind of prepare for certain things, but I, I sneak uh, fantasy football content in during the day, uh, seven to three um, during my office hours. But I'm, I'm I'm usually pretty busy, so I think some people think that I'm like messing around at work or I'm not very busy, but I'm pretty busy at this uh, school district I work for. And now this time of year, I have a uh, soccer. I oversee a whole program, so I'm the varsity head coach, but I oversee three teams. So I leave my my office at work, I go pick up my daughter so I can see her for a small window. And then in that small window afterwards, I go to soccer, coach soccer, 4.30 to 6.30 every day unless there's a game. Get home at night and try to do some more content after my daughter goes to sleep. So I always try to make sure that I'm 
I'm getting time with my daughter during this time of year and spending time with her. And then when she's asleep, do uh, do extra fantasy stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty busy, pretty much 4.30 to probably like 9.39 at night. And, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm preaching to the choir because I know a lot of people listening to this and yourself and others are very busy with family and work and everything, but pretty low to this time of year up until soccer ends. So that's uh, that's a day in the life right now. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a voice right now. It's not, it's not because I uh, am sick or anything. It's just, I've been screaming at my soccer guys uh, the last couple of days uh, and some tight games. We're doing pretty well right now. So that's, that's the reason for the, uh, the raspiness. It's uh funny because my wife works second shift for most of my kids young life. So it was, uh, I go to work, pick them off in the babysitter, go drop them, you know, feed them something, drop them off the babysitter again, go coach football or basketball or T-ball, or I even coached cheerleading for one year when the coach quit, you know, just kind of a, you know, I finally get to sit down now and I'm finally making time for my own, myself and my kids are older to do fantasy football stuff, but yeah. it's going to take a while for me to catch up on all these uh, spreadsheets and all the other stuff that you whizzes do that uh, kind of bury me in the fantasy football world right now. But, you know, I'm getting there, you know, I'm this dinosaur is coming along. So hey, quick, quick, uh, quick question. Are you, you ever thinking about getting back into the, uh, the cheer coaching or was that just a, a one and done? It was, it was definitely one and done. It was, uh, it was fun. You know, I tell you what, it, at the end of every season, I'm not, I don't know how many people actually coach football teams or coach things, you know, but at the end of every season, you had these kids and you see them come in, especially football, I think, because I have such a passion for football. You see these kids come in and they don't know how to put their jock strap on. They bring it to practice and they put it over their face or they don't know how to put their helmet on. They're like, how does this go? Or, you know, don't have no idea how to do shoulder pads or anything. And when you have these kids for an entire season for, you know, from August all the way to winter, and when they finally leave and you molded these kids into something that is, you know, is what you wanted them to be on because your job as a coach is not to be, you're not trying to win the Super Bowl. You're not playing the bears next year. Your job is to make these kids better for the next guy who's better than you at coaching. You know, your job is to move them forward, to make them a better person and and just teach them the things that other people have taught you throughout your life. And, um, it's, it's super awesome. But uh, cheerleading was one of the ones that I never did it before, and it was so exciting, and it's all girls. So it really did my t- – my heartstrings were kind of tugged when it was over with. I got all the presents and flowers and stuff yeah. like you get to a girls coach. So it was pretty fun, man. I'm not going to lie to you. It was great. So uh, um, when did you start playing fantasy football, and uh, are you more of a redraft or dynasty guy? You know, I, I'd have to really think about, like, the actual year that I, I started. I, I can't – you know, I know – you know, you know, you you and I have talked about uh, when when you started playing and how long you've been playing. I know some guys that are uh, same age as me have been playing their you know since they've been 15 years old. So I, I don't have a massive track history of playing, um, but I would say that as soon as I started playing, I was like all in because I'm just like very uh, a weird person when it comes to, to to actually doing and participating in things. Like I never just like kind of do something kind of like jump into it like I'm either all into something or I'm not so you know I I, I joined a, a fantasy league that my brother started with some friends and then the next league it was like or the next year it was like a couple more leagues couple more leagues and then out of nowhere like my brother Anthony who got me started with fantasy tried convincing me for the longest time and I was always like no I don't think I can because I'm a college soccer player they're against any sort of sports betting or anything that had to do with sports and money. And I was like, no, no, no. And then he's like, yeah, as soon as you got, you know, into it out of nowhere, you know, a couple of years later, you're a content creator. So, um, love playing, uh, fantasy. I, I love both in all honesty. I, I love redraft. I love dynasty. I think I probably lean dynasty just because you get that like Madden mentality of, of 
hey, like I can like start a, a career mode with this team. I can like build a team from scratch, get it to what I want it to be and just continue to, you know, shape it over the years. So I think that aspect of it is pretty fun. So I'll probably lean dynasty, but I'm not against redraft at all. It's redraft season right now. Everybody who's a redraft player is playing and, you know, that's kind of like the reach of uh, an audience, um, what you're, you know, focusing in on, but love both probably lean dynasty. You know, I, I'm in a, a, a keeper league, two keeper leagues, and I, I, I don't mind those either because it's kind of a mix best of both worlds with that. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd say a lean dynasty just a little bit. I was, I was in 19 leagues last year and I said, that's it. This year, I'm not doing any more redraft. I'm done with redraft. I'm just sticking to my dynasty teams. And one by one, redraft league. One by one, redraft league. Next thing you know, I just got into like eight more redraft leagues. You know, they're all in-person leagues around here kind of stuff. And they're fun showing up, drinking beers on my days off, drafting a team with my buddies. And then next thing you know, I'm at 21 leagues again. I just counted before the show because I knew you were going to ask. But I'm like, this is crap. I just, I don't know how I do this every year. I'm just going to say no. But it's so hard to say no, especially when... Some of the leagues are guys you, you know you've known for a long time, and they're you know you know they're fun. You know it's it is what it is. So especially when you can like like you said, if if somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, we need two more guys. We're gonna be in person in my garage, you know, having some beers, and we got a, a draft board stuff like that. Like you as a fantasy fan, it's so hard to pass on something like that because you you love playing, and then if you can you know take your passion and, and, and make it a hangout and almost like a party. Like I had a redraft like party in reality, um, not super, super long ago. And that was one of the funnest times I've had the last couple of months. That's just like the, the art of fantasy football. You know, you just get getting together with friends and enjoying something similar and competing. So it's, it, it's tough to, to turn down leagues, especially if they're in person. I always swore that I'd never be a dynasty guy. I was happy with redraft. And then I started doing franchise mode on Madden. And that's kind of what's that. I'm like, man, this would be cool to do a fantasy football league like this. And somebody said, you want to join a dynasty league? I'm like, I'll try it, but it's not for me. And next thing you know, I redraft for me is like a horse race. You just, I mean, I can give my mom, my aunt, my daughter, a bunch of people a a sheet now for fantasy pros. And almost anybody can compete just marking off names and picking the next guy. It's kind of later rounds You you, is where you make a difference, not in the early rounds, but it's, uh, it's just, it's more for the fun than it is anything else as far as skill for redraft. Now, Dynasty, when you got 12-team, 30-man rosters or 14-team, 32-man rosters or with, with all the rest of the extras, it, mm-hmm. it, it is kind of like more of a research, especially during rookie draft time. That's when it's really fun to me. You have to do yeah. research all year long to hit that rookie draft, and that's when it becomes great. Yep, I agree. Um, I, this is a question I had in here. Tell me about a guy who played soccer his whole life, just walked into the fantasy football community and started killing all the content. I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit now, but what's your secret to like transitioning from, let's just say somebody wanted to join, you know, was a football guy their whole life and wanted to join dynasty baseball or, you know, was a, was a, you know, vice for a, a football guy who wanted to join soccer, a soccer league or anything else like that. What would you suggest to somebody to uh, make that transition? For, for me personally, you know, I, I, I still coach the game. I, I, I've i coached in the past at a decent, you know, decently high level. I coach college soccer. I coach club soccer for over a decade, and I played Division two college soccer. So I played at a pretty decent level as well. But for me, like, I think it was just like a break almost. Like after college soccer, which almost felt like a, like the military at times, uh, the program we, we, uh, we, we played in um i think just like being competitive in a different sports sense that 
you know, stepped away from what you did for four and a half years. I, I was there an extra half year. I redshirted, but four and a half years of just like nonstop two a days and weightlifting and, and conditioning and eight hour road trips, like all this stuff that was so f- soccer focused, like to play a game where obviously you don't have the toll physically, but also you just like are taking a break from soccer. I think it was refreshing to a degree. Like I don't even play as much anymore. Like I play with my guys in my high school. Uh, I jump in a scrimmage and stuff, but I, for me, I needed a, a, a bit of a break from soccer. So always like football growing up, played the football video games. And, you know, me and my brother would play with kids across the street and things like that. But to step away from soccer and, you know, focusing on a different sport, you know, some might say like, well, what do you know about football? But most of those people might've only played football at like a, you know, freshman, sophomore level of high school. I know you played college ball yourself, but um, I, I, I'd say, I'd say with just anything, like if you want to try something different, especially for fantasy, uh, whatever whatever made you successful at at any sort of fantasy game in the past go that same route so for instance like i've been pretty good at 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 fantasy basketball throughout time and it just has to do with like watching games doing a little bit of research and in you know following some people online that that know what they're talking about and and i tried out fantasy hockey one year i don't play it anymore but i just did the same thing did a little bit of research found some people online that knew what they were talking about, watched some, some games. So I, I feel like it's just like diving into things the same way you would dive into things you've been successful at before. So if you're a, if you're listening and you're, you're a big, you know, football guy and you're thinking about baseball, same fantasy football mentality, just to the baseball lens. And, and that's kind of how I, I look at that. Here's this, my neighbor, Joe Castleman over here. Look at these two sexy gents talking football tonight. I just called Joe this morning and uh, I am like, Joe next year, we are not watching any sports clips or any highlight film, anything. I sat there and I did all this research, research all off season. And I'm like, Joe, we should watch this guy or watch this guy. He's like, yeah, who else you got? Who else you got? And he traded for like the whole second round pick. And every dude that we watch on these on YouTube, he, especially Damian Pierce was like his first pick. And that was oh, my yeah. guy. And he's like, oh, just I'm going to take, he took Damian Pierce. I'm like, he's like, what am I supposed to do? Make my team worse for you? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> He, he he did well in our draft. I know he loaded up. I think in the sec- I, I think in the second round. I think that's the draft you might might be referring to because I feel like I traded up in the first uh, with Joe, but I sent like a couple second round picks, and the picks that he made were pretty solid values if you look back to now. So I can't believe Joe traded with anybody, but I remember that one trade he made in the history of trading in the history of his fantasy football life. Yes, I do remember that one trade. <laughs> I'm just so convincing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Joe, I hate you, you. Um, so what's your favorite Sunday afternoon munching food when you're glued to TV watching Scott Hansen on red zone? So I, I will say I'm a big, uh, and it's okay. You know, it's nothing special, but I'm a big, if I'm having people over, I go get a crave case. So white castle crave case. I, I'm not like, you know, all in white castle and that's my favorite thing to eat, but I typically host, I know you host as well sometimes, but that's like one of the easiest things to put out there that never goes like untouched because at some point, People having some drinks, watch football. They see burgers on, you know, a, a countertop, and it's an easy sell. So maybe not my favorite, but it's, that's my go-to. Uh, if I'm hosting, like that, that's going to be on the countertop. Like I twenty-something bucks, I'm done. Everybody else, bring your own things, and uh, I'll snack on Miller Lights and, and and other things throughout the day as well. 
Yeah, and those, I mean, I tell you what, those things get better as the night goes on. At 2 in the morning, White Castle Hamburger stays better than they did when they were fresh at, uh, you know, 4.45. So. And all that goes. <laughs> What's your favorite hobby now, and what was it before you started playing fantasy football or or before when you didn't play soccer? So it's uh, it's, it's corny. It's going to be corny to say it, but it we I mentioned it earlier, and, you, you know, I, I we've joked around about it, but work working out working out because i i don't i don't get tons of time to like you know i used to play video games and play like fifa and madden and stuff and i used to like i don't know like uh write write different things and like a long time ago like i used to have like little hobbies that just didn't carry over but like being busy the the hobby is just working out and it's just like getting the gym in the morning and 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 uh getting in a workout and it sounds corny like i said before my profile picture i'm on twitter i'm sitting there like pretending to flex and shit uh, stuff but uh i think i think that to me is, is my favorite hobby because it's the one time where like all i'm doing is like stuff for me that and nothing else matters at the time like i, I don't have to worry about i don't have to worry about anything that's going on with you know friends or anything any issues i don't have to worry about work stuff i don't have to worry about soccer i don't have to worry about fantasy content no, nothing matters in that like one hour window every day of just like going to the gym and like lifting stuff and just focusing on not, you know not dropping a weight on my face and and stuff like that so it's a, it's a hobby it's a part of my daily routine but like mentally I like need that so bad every day just like that one little window where nothing in the world matters besides like just doing that so that's that's my favorite hobby even though it's it's corny to say but I, I need it it's not corny at all I you know I know you go to that place somewhere by us i go to this place yeah. that says it's spelled b-a-r instead of g-y-m you know it's kind of the same <laughs> thing but <laughs> I've, I've seen that place before <laughs> i try to hit there once in a while to get my mind clear you know it's uh, yeah it is but um what would you say to yourself uh where, where do you see yourself in five years in this fantasy football community you know i i, I uh i started in 2020 in the space pretty sure 2020 and I started off as a guy just writing articles and I was like, Hey, it'd be super cool if like anybody read an article that I wrote about fantasy football. And then it turned into like starting to collaborate a little bit. I was just like a logo at the time, P2W fantasy. I made it in, you know, a word document and just kind of like spiraled into a lot of different things and like doing different pieces of content and, and uh, growing in the space, you know, from a follower perspective and getting opportunities with fantasy points, which is a, a brand I respect a lot, but five years from now, I just want to be, I want to do everything I'm doing now just with a, a much bigger or uh, audience. I want, I want people when they think about fantasy football that I, I'm, I'm like a, a top, top five to seven name that comes to mind. I know that's like kind of, maybe that's like shooting too high and stuff like that, but I just want people to know like, Hey, if I need fantasy football advice, I'm going to go look at Nick Scripps stuff and, and, you know, regardless of what that is at the time, I'm going to continue to still do the things that I've done my entire uh, life in this space, you know, as far as being a content creator. And I want to continue to be diverse and like not just be a writer and not just be a podcaster, but doing, you know, do a lot of different things, but continue to grow, you know, stick to my brand of, of, of being myself and, and not letting myself go. And, and again, just trying to be a guy that people um, commonly look to for fantasy football advice. I think you're gonna nail this off. I mean, you already had eleven thousand followers or something. I mean, it's it's crazy how fast you've grown. But I think this off season, now that you've got so many followers, so many people are gonna share your stuff. I, 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 you're gonna explode this year, Nick, because on top of that, everything you do is like, it's not made for 
it's made for everybody. It's made for the first year guy that just joined his first fantasy football league to somebody who's been this, like myself, who's been in here, you know, for 20 years, it, you break things down in, in a way that everybody can understand. Everybody appreciates. And it, it just, it, that you're, it's different. It's different. It's better. It's, it's unique and, it, and it's you. And that's just being you. Appreciate it's gotta be, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to uh, see how you've grown and, and what's going on and how you got it. Um, if you had a chance to meet for, if you had to spend two minutes with yourself at 18 years old in your high school graduation, two minutes, what would you tell yourself? That, that, yeah, that's tough. I would say, I would say one of the things for sure would just be like hardest worker in the room mentality with everything you do, because you never, you'll never know who's paying attention to what you're doing. You'll never know who's listening. You'll never know who's taking notes. So not to say that I didn't do that in the past, but I feel like I've never had somebody like overemphasize that. It was just kind of something I kind of grew into, but um, I would say hardest, hardest worker in the room at all times with everything you do, put your name on everything you do in, in life. Cause I feel like sometimes people go through, you know, some motions and stuff like, and, and sometimes you get caught up in going through the motions where like, that was the one time somebody was paying attention to something you were doing, or that was the one time you might've left an impression on somebody and, you know, things like that for, you know, just you being a person, you being a worker or whatever. So Hardest person in the room mentality, leave your name on everything you do. I think that's the uh, that's the one thing that that stands out. I can look back and, and, and forewarn myself for certain things in life, but I, I think I'll just leave it at that. Joe said, this is how you're going to get followers. Joe said, I only follow Nick for the workout videos on Twitter. So There we go. Yeah. I just put one today. Who knows if it was even heavy, but I looked at the camera and I was just like grunting just to like for, for scenic effect and stuff. But uh, I haven't got anybody in a while that – uh that made fun of me for doing that stuff. I'm sure it's, it's annoying to some people, but I always say this and I, and I'm not a BSer. I'm not a BSer. Like I know I work out every day. I'm married. My wife knows I work out every day. So I'm not trying to impress anybody at the end of the day, but I've had like literally like 75 to hundred people throughout time in DMS talking about like working out or fitness and whatever uh, on all different levels. So like if I post something and like a hundred people hate it, but two people are like, Hey man, like, that, that made me want to go do it tomorrow. Then it was worth it to me. So that's that's why I post that stuff. And I, I'm not a BSer. Like, that's exactly why I post that stuff. You were just bragging about you were like 175 now or 225. How? Yeah, how... Getting, getting big. <laughs> <laughs> getting big. It's paying off, Nick. Pretty I mean, it, uh, you, yeah, it's... You're, you're inspiring a lot of people with those videos. So, I mean, it may, people may bust your balls or joke about it, whatever. But yeah. it's, uh, it is when people see you working out and getting up, especially on the days – Nobody wants to get up. Some days you feel good, no. but majority of days you don't. You feel like laying in bed and pressing snooze your alarm clock. It's tough to get up every day and do it. But you're someone who's doing it, so it's much appreciated, and you know you inspire a lot of people. So all worth it. So the last couple of days, it's an interesting day to be on a uh, podcast here because I get the luxury of seeing all of the latest roster cuts. And um, so I'm going to go real fast, team by team. Stop me anywhere you got some uh, insight or anything. Some of these are pretty obvious cuts or guys that you most people never even heard of. So. I tried to pick out just a handful of guys from, you know, each team. Keep it short and simple. Uh, what's uh, the Bears cut? Daz Newsome. Bengals, nobody uh, really of important. The Bills cut O.J. Howard. He was released by the, you know, released. They gave him $3.195 million just to go crazy, away. So uh, really... that's uh, crazy. Pat, um, Pat, uh, hold on. That, that punter, Pat uh, Ariza. 
and, yeah. and Duke Johnson. That arises situation. I'm not really sure that you know that was more. I don't think they would have cut him. He's an excellent punter, but off field issues are very important. To, you know, especially when it comes to stuff he did. But you know, that I, only time I will was say not, not not to cut you off. I will say what OJ Howard. You know, I didn't know what what his role was going to be like on the Bills. I don't know. You know, what kind of target share he was going to have, but. That's been one guy like historically I've always rooted for because he like came out of college and and he had like a little window of time in Tampa Bay where he was just like this monster athletic tight end. And um, it was unfortunate he had the Achilles uh, tear, but I always root for OJ Howard. If I have like a list of guys like no matter what, I'll root for him. I don't know if I want him in fantasy. I think he, he he's uh, he's one of them. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people have. You know, I, I, when him and, and Joku and those guys were coming out, they were like the original Kyle Pitts. They're these yeah, freak yeah, athletes, yeah. you know. It's like, ah, but they just, you know, Pitts is putting it together right now. You know, he's only done it for a year or so, but hopefully it goes on for a long time. But these are, everybody thought th those would be, you know, the, the players that, you know, the Njoku's and the O.J. Howard's. But sometimes this is why, you know, it doesn't, it is what it is. So yep, it, that's right. their, people's careers get ended uh Shortly, uh, Duke Johnson. I don't know why this guy. He's a lot of people's favorite player. I'm not really sure why he goes from team to team to team to team, but you know he's just not panning out somewhere. Uh, Broncos uh, quarterback Josh Johnson. Browns cut Rosen, Rosen, Rosen. Quarterback Josh Rosen. Uh, that was kind of everybody kind of saw that coming. Buccaneers caught Tyler Johnson. Immediately, I traded in two leagues to get Tyler Johnson from people. Um, I hope he ends up on the Bears. Yeah. There's a hand, handful of places that I hope that he ends up on. So um, I, I, I took a stab. I traded Matt Breida for, to get Tyler Johnson. I thought that was a steal. So Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I, I feel like uh, from a dynasty perspective, a lot of people have been hanging on to Tyler Johnson. I feel like he's a guy like you're not, you know, a year ago, you probably weren't like, oh, like pushing super hard. Maybe yourself, but maybe not others, like pushing super hard to go get him. But if you were a manager that had him, there was never that point in your mind where you're just like, I got to sell him right now because there wasn't that big window of like, oh, he's worth something I can, you know, capitalize on. But, you know, we always thought in, in Tampa he would have some sort of uh, of relevance. And then they went and, you know, drafted, drafted Darden. And they brought in, obviously, in the past, like you got the guy with Mike Evans combo, went and got Russell Gage. Now they went and got Julio Jones. So, it just wasn't going to work out with him, but uh, hopefully we'll see uh, we'll see him land somewhere like you said, like a Bears offense that uh, just really needs anybody breathing. Yeah, it's uh, Cardinals. Nobody in no particular. Chargers. Nobody in particular. Chiefs. Josh Gordon. Derek Gore. That's you know the kind of they're not huge losses. The Colts. Philip Lindsay. Uh, I thought a guy zero fun, career fumbles in his life. I mean, I'm not sure why someone in an offense just to, just to get you know if they're if they're winning games, someone that you know can hold the ball and kill the clock, why wouldn't you take your chance on a, on a Philip Lindsay? I, I'm, 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 I was actually confused to why they, <clears throat> why the Colts cut him. Um, because I feel like, you know, a lot of people have talked about Hines, including myself, but Hines is not, he's not going to fill in the role for Jonathan Taylor. If Jonathan Taylor goes down, I feel like Philip Lindsay though, uh, you know, say what you want about him, but it, we, we've seen him get plenty of work in the past and right. maybe he wasn't like wildly efficient with everything, but he actually was, was decent in the past. And, you know, and he's a, he's a, he's a tough nose runner, um, Philip Lindsay. So, you know, if, if, if JT goes down, is there mentality now, you know, knock on wood that he doesn't, but is there mentality like, Hey, we got to go and get like a, 
a veteran Devonta Freeman who's a free agent or something like that. I thought Philip Lindsay was actually like a decent guy just to have just in case on the roster. I'm I'm confused by that. I don't understand. Like this is a perfect situation because you could have one extra guy, and then when you're up on games, you could sit your 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 bell cow yeah. and just have a guy in there that's gonna even. I mean, I understand that you know that is Lindsay a little bit small, but he gets the job done. He's had good seasons before and you know, without fumbling, you could put him in in a whole fourth quarter. If they're up by 21 points, yes. and just go three, three yards, three yards, three yards, kill the clock, run the ball and keep all the touches off your bell cow. Keep him healthy when you don't need him in the game. I, this is very puzzling to me. So yeah, um, they released Tyson Williams. Uh, I just like throwing names in there to people that were, you know, one week wonders kind of stuff. So, yep. yep. C- Commanders Brian Robinson, unfortunately, uh, carjacking incident that ended up with him being shot in the butt in the lower leg. What does this uh, mean for the Commanders' backfield? Um, Robinson was not placing the IR, so that opens up a window for him to return. I'm not, re- you know, I guess they said that the the bullet went right behind his kneecap and in his butt. The places that nothing, it didn't hit any bones, didn't hit any ligaments, no tendons, no nothing, anything at all. It couldn't have been like the guy. At least the guy was a great shot where he shot him at. You know, whoever it was. It uh, it he's not going to end. It's, you know, I would feel terrible if this ended somebody's career on some stupid situation like that. But a couple months, uh, you know, I, I'm. What do you, what do you think this means for the backfield in uh, Washington? First and foremost, like I feel like not 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 you, but like in the community, I feel like we've like brought up this news about Brian Robinson, and I'm not I'm not laughing about it. I'm just I'm 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 almost like I feel like we didn't like take it as serious as, as, uh, as, as we, we should have, because it, it, it wasn't a situation where he had like a freak accident or he got hurt at practice or he was messing around at home. He like legitimately got shot. Like, I, I feel like that wasn't talked about enough. Like what, what happened in this situation? Like, where was he? And I mean, we, I guess we can dig and stuff like that, but that's extremely scary because he could have walked away. I mean, not playing football ever again in, 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 in that sense. But um, in the, in, in the backfield, you know, I think McKissick's role, you know, I, I think is going to be the same. It's, it's been the last few years. I think that's why he passed on Buffalo. I think he wanted to stay with Washington because he knows exactly what his role is as a pass catcher in that offense. Um, I think for Antonio Gibson, I, you know, there's been so many, so many bad, news reports that have come out about him being on special teams now and, you know, Brian Robinson doing well at, at training. So maybe that gives him a bump with the potential to not share the carries with him. Um, but I'm not going to like overreact and say, well, Brian Robinson might not play for X amount of weeks. So now Antonio Gibson is a top 12 running back. I was just always in the, uh, for me personally, I'm curious to hear about you. I was always in the, the, I'm not, I'm not overreacting about Gibson. I'm not underreacting about him. I feel like if he falls to me in a draft, I'm fine taking him. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I was always in that middle ground for Antonio Gibson just because I, I mean, he's been a top 12 back the last two years. I'm not going to rank him there, but he's not going there in drafts. So it's, it's almost like he's been fairly, he's fairly, you know, projected and, and his ADP has been like, fine to me i i don't know what's what's your thoughts about where he, where you know where his uh his stock has gone it's tough being in that that running back sandwich where you got a guy that does goal line work and early down work and then you also got a guy who is a reception specialist like mckissick now uh, it's tough being the guy that just gets the ball between the tackles and stuff but i mean he runs a 4340 a 43940 or something like that at 220 pounds he's a great running back 
he's proved that he's that he can do what you know what running back needs to do in the NFL. I, I just think that Ron Rivera is an old school coach, and that he this is his way of like teaching guys lessons. Because when you fumble seven times last year, which led the led the NFL, and this year you go into camp and you fumble twice in a couple practices, you know yeah. that, that that you can't. I mean, yeah, maybe special teams teaches a guy to hold on to football a little better. I'm not sure what Rivera's, you know, but I don't know if all the mental damage or the, like the making fun of Gibson and putting him on special teams and having that stuff out in the open is good for somebody, you know, now are they going to try and find someone in a way, uh, you know, on a waiver to just, somebody that just got cut recently to, are they going to trade for Alexander Madison who's supposed to be on, on a trade block? Are they going to like, what's, what's the deal Sony, here? Tony Michelle, Sony Michelle just got free. I mean, yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I like jokingly, tweeted back-to-back tweets just to see what would happen yesterday. And I said, right after Sony Michelle uh, uh, was released, I said, Sony Michelle will be a Raven. Obviously, you'll talk about it soon, but that's not the case. They just picked up somebody else. And then the second one was, Sony Michelle is going to be a commander. And that, to me, I don't know. Uh, maybe it makes sense if, if Brian Robinson is out because I'm not going to say one is better than the other. It's not that conversation. But – Maybe they they have a, a you know a goal line guy that they want to fill in. So I I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what they do about this. Yeah, I'm curious too. I'm a huge Gibby guy. He's probably my favorite player. In the last couple of years, he's been my favorite player in the league just because I drafted him so far down. Oh yeah. And I waited. I waited until like round thirteen in a startup. Didn't pick a running back whatsoever. I gambled on Antonio Gibson, and he's paid off the last couple of years. And now it's like Absolutely. no, you know, it's like it's it's hard not to fall in love with these players that you did research on drafted late, you know, kind of hit on. And then they start messing up and you're like, ah, you know, it's come on, man. You still got it in you. You're rooting for these guys. Like it's, you know, but that's why, that's why we watch these games. You know, it's not all about just fantasy points and stuff. It's about fun. Yep. Yep. You are right. So, um, uh, the commanders cut Jared Patterson, which I thought was a weird move, especially when you lose a running back. Maybe, uh, I mean that he must've not been doing anything in camp. So no, yeah. The Cowboys caught Ben DiNucci and Cooper Rush. That's, you know, I, maybe that's, they'll just love to act that much where they can, you know, open we, other spots. So we got to see both those guys play uh, in their duration for the Cowboys. Uh, I, I think at, at one point when Dak was out, both of those guys took the field. And uh, I remember Ben DiNucci, for example, I think he was shaking the whole time. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. The Dolphins released Tony Michelle. We talked about that. Many thought that he would have a decent role in this offense. Uh, Lynn Bowden was someone that came in the NFL with a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance kind of deal. Jared yeah. Dokes, another uh, fan favorite in rookie drafts. Mohamed Sanu, who's a Quandre Wright. Preston Williams was somebody that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, until he got hurt, Preston Williams was kind of like an up-and-comer. And then yes. he got hurt, and after that, it was kind of like his career just kind of diminished and is fading away now. And if he doesn't catch on with somebody or do something, a good special teamer, a good, good wide receiver, I, I hope he lands somewhere, but – it's amazing to see them just kind of say, Hey man, you're out. Yeah. He, uh, he was outperforming, uh, Parker that season that I think he tore his ACL. I'm pretty sure he was outperforming him for, uh, for the fantasy world and, uh, Lynn Bowden. I mean, he's an interesting guy to me. I, I, I'm not going to say he's going to land somewhere and, you know, be completely relevant, but he's been a kind of a gadget guy. Cause he came into the league or I'm not sure if he came in a league as a running back or a wide receiver, but he's had both of those designations across his, his career. So he's, he's a guy that's like, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the Walmart version of a uh, Debo almost. Yeah, exactly. That's it is how it goes. Um, Eagles cut quarterback Carson strong. That was a short career. Um, yeah. Falcons, the Ferk daddy, Anthony Furser got cut. Keyshawn Johnson, Auden Tate was a kind of a interesting, I mean, 
I think everybody likes Auden Tate uh, just because I think that he's such a talented player. And to for another guy to jump around the league all the time, I, I, it is super interesting. I, I don't understand how guys this talented don't, don't make in the NFL. And it just goes to show you that out of all the players you've seen in your high school and, you know, went on to college somewhere and never made it to the NFL because they didn't have enough talent. Auden Tate was probably the best player in this whole city or this whole area of, uh, you know, yeah. probably first team all state in, in a high school, went to college, was probably the best player in his college, you know, came out here and it just doesn't make it the NFL. And it's, it's just, a, it's baffling that guys are this good can't stick somewhere. I picked him up in a bunch of bunch of deeper leagues, or I tried to at least when he, you know, landed with the Falcons, just because they're so thin at wide receiver. And then when they signed uh, Brian Edwards, right? Brian Edwards, yeah. Uh, that that to me was like a, a weird sign because it was a another bigger guy that would probably play the same sort of role on the team. So I feel like that was the first like I don't know how they they really feel about Tate, but yeah, it's unfortunate because I. Uh, we, we, we've, we've actually seen before, uh, before the T Higgins and chase days, uh, some Auden Tate Bengals games back in the day that were pretty right. Decent, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo is still a four nine Is he just a backup? Is this extended time to trade him? Are they really, is this, is he really a threat to Trey Lance? Like what's the story with Jimmy G? I think, you know, for, for me, I don't think anything was really working out to the way that they wanted it to, because, you know, if I'm the 49ers, I'm, I mean, they some people said they, they should have just cut him. I don't think that's smart at all because he's been a guy that's been a starter in the league. He's been a, a playoff player for, you know, a few years. And, and I, I think that they sh were smart about just not like cutting ties for, for nothing or just selling for, you know, a, a seventh round pick or something like that, because he, he's, he's been a, he's been a, a playoff quarterback for the 49ers. So if you weigh out for me what they did, um, I think the 49ers are still a team that have Super Bowl aspirations. I know they have a first-year quarterback in Trey Lance as far as being a first-year starter, but this is a team that has many, many good pieces, and they've been, you know, a team that's been fighting for, you know, a big playoff push the last couple of years. I think that they're smart in saying, hey, we have we have our young guy. He is going to have the keys, but in the worst case, knock on wood scenario where he goes down, we still want to make a playoff push. So having like a no name guy as their backup quarterback probably wouldn't have been the smartest thing. And they couldn't, they weren't getting what they wanted out of Jimmy Garoppolo. So they're like, Hey, I don't want to sell this guy for dirt cheap. Hey, I want to make a playoff push. Might as well just, just, just keep him on the roster. That's what I think. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm curious to hear if you think that he can uh, steal the job from Trey Lance, but I, I really just think it's a, it's an insurance policy, and also like they didn't want to just give him away for nothing. Uh, part of it is they saved twenty million dollars by restructuring the contract, so that's that's yeah. one of it. Uh, but Jimmy G also said he gets no trade clause, and there's a lot of things that work both ways for both parties. It wasn't just we're going to resign you, and that, and that was it. Uh, Jimmy G's got a lot of he solidified himself for you know he they're not trading him unless he approves it. Uh, you know, and I think that the 49ers have a great defense and Trey Lance is a ball control. I mean, he had started six games, got 600 yards last year. He's not a throwing yeah. quarterback. He's a, he, he's a ball control guy and he could definitely do that. He's a very talented, you know, quarterback, very talented athlete, very talented across the board, everything. But I just feel like if they have a couple injuries on defense or something goes wrong, they got to play catch up. He's not the guy that can do that. And there's a couple games where they fall behind or they, you know, and, and he just, 
loses games for them. He's on a short leash right now. And I think Jimmy B, they'd say, Jimmy, go ahead, man. You're healthy now. This guy's not cutting it. He needs another year to sit down. That's what they're going to do. And it's not a bad thing. You know, I think the guy is, he will have a, you know, a, a professional, um, Trey Lance will have a professional career. It's yeah. just a matter of if he's ready yet or not. You know, it's if he's not ready, he's not ready. And Jimmy G's, a, I mean, he's been in the playoffs. He's a great quarterback. So it's a good move by the 49ers, I think. Yeah. Um, where are we at now? The Giants, Joshua Corbin. I penciled him in as a as a sleeper to back up Saquon. Like I, I don't, and then they cut him today. I was kind of uh, surprised by that move. I, he was doing very well in camp or in uh, preseason. It's a surprising move on my part, but that's my evaluation. So it is what it is. The Giants obviously know a lot more than I do, and they saw a better situation. So it is what it is. Uh, Jaguars, Laqu- Laquan Treadwell was cut. LaVisca Chenault was dealt to the Panthers. Um, what does this do to the Panthers Jaguars depth chart? It's interesting because, uh, you know, I feel like I felt like uh, Treadwell was a guy that we forgot about because last season he had he had a handful of relevant games for the Jaguars with uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Um, if you look back to uh, some of the games, he had some decent targets in and actually had some decent fantasy weeks. And um, Chenault, you know, he's a guy that I, I, I uh, you know, I, I always jokingly tweet like when somebody's released or whatever that, hey, the Bears need to go and pick him up. Might have been a slot guy with Mooney on the outside. I thought about that in Carolina with with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I, I, I'm 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 struggling to really figure out what that sort of opportunity actually is. But as far as the Jaguars, obviously they paid the bag for uh, for Christian Kirk, who I think has a, a a great opportunity at hand, and is a guy that has some pretty pretty good receiving yard upside to him. Um, other than that, Marvin Jones still on the the team. Uh, nobody has talked about him like one time, like ever since the season ended. But he was another guy that we've seen as an aging veteran to have some some decent like random flex weeks for the fantasy world. Uh, Evan Ingram, who I'm not going to sell for the low for anybody in this room right now. Uh, he, he's on the roster. Big opportunity. Big opportunity though for him. Uh, I I know you and I both know this, but you know we we can hate on Evan Ingram and what he did in uh in New York, but there's a true chance that he could be like a Schultz for the Cowboys and just be the number two option in his offense. So um, I feel like I'm missing somebody in this, this, uh, in this offense though. Um, you had to throw it in there, didn't you? you had I, I had to, I had to make sure that uh, I threw it on the specific podcast. Nobody knows why, but uh, yeah. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, uh, Marvin Jones. Zay Jones, that, that, that's who I like. I, I want to say that the last, I don't have it in front of me, but the last handful of weeks for the Raiders last season, Zay Jones was seeing like, Seven, eight targets. He had a massive week against the the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I think he tore them up in that specific game, Zay Jones. He actually got paid some money to go to Jacksonville. And in, in Jacksonville, you got all these slot guys. You got all these slot guys. He is one of the only guys that can profile is a, a true outside receiver. Christian Kirk might be able to play that role as well. But Zay Jones is a, an outside receiver. I think he was like a second-round draft pick back in the day. That is a sleeper. That's a sleeper. That's a deep league sleeper because he costs you like nothing. He's probably free in redraft. It was uh, – I traded him last year, figuring he's old, he's going to get dropped or cut or something like that. Yeah. I pulled the same thing with Zach Hurts in a couple of leagues where I thought these guys were going to get just kind of forgotten about, and it really came to bite me in the ass in the coming come around this year 
uh, that these guys ended up in significant parts of their offense. So yeah, uh, you're welcome for the Zay Jones uh, addition to your team, by the way. So <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, sometimes Ragwell Armstead, <laughs> he's gone too, and then Jets uh, cut Tevin Coleman. Uh, kind of surprising, but you know yeah. it's 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 a good sign for the, the two uh, Lightning and Thunder running backs on the team right now. Lions Tim Boyle, <clears throat> bunches and bunches of funches is gone. Packers nobody, Panthers nobody. Kevin Harris and JJ Taylor for the Patriots. That was Kevin Harris is kind of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, Raiders Kenyon Drake um, instantaneously picked up by the Ravens. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that's uh, that's a big addition for the Ravens who are having problems. I, I you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But and then yeah, non fantasy wise, but Alice Leatherwood. To have these, I don't know if you saw that, but the three first-round picks that Raiders had in the last year yeah. or so, like, all three of them are gone or off the three jail, and this guy's gone. Yeah, Leatherwood just got let – I mean, they're paying him guaranteed money to, to just walk away and leave, you know. So Paints a picture of what they're – what they're, uh, the issues they've had with their organization and just making, making errors. So, I mean, you look at them now – they put themselves in a position to be pretty competitive, I I think. But uh, you look back at some of these picks and just say, hey, like, there was issues. The people that were running the ship are gone. But, like, look at how bad it was that we're cutting a guy that we spent such a high capital on. Yeah. yeah. The Rams, Kendall Blanton, he had a couple weeks last week that were uh, fantasy relevant. Got instantaneously claimed by the commanders. Uh, Ravens, Kenyon Drake uh, is a Raven now. The Ravens' backfield is a – it's a carnival of injuries and depth. Maybe they should change the grass or the practice field or change it to some turf or something. They got to do something there because they, there's no reason they have that many injuries on, on one team. It's crazy. Um, the Saints quarterback, Ian Book, uh, Chris Herndon, uh, Divina Zigbo, instantaneously, Zigbo got picked up by the Broncos. Abram Smith, who I had, I figured maybe if something was going wrong, they, he'd be able to come in there and have a little bit of a role this year, but I was wrong again on evaluating talent, so he's gone. Uh, Kevin White, the Bears' first-round pick, uh, he got released from injury injury settlement. Uh, Seahawks, nobody. Steelers, Najee Harris has a Liz Frank injury in camp. Um, that's going to be something that to monitor. But uh, reports should be, you know, are saying that he should be ready for Week One. Uh, thoughts on who will be who to grab as a speculative handcuff for Najee Harris? So I've seen a lot of uh, reports. Um... Just people on Twitter talking about uh, Jalen Warren is the guy killing it, um, and he's the guy to to try to roster. Um, personally, I don't know. I, I I really think that the Steelers might be a team that also would would if if knock on wood Najee goes down, try to go and grab a veteran. I I I, I can see them being that team as well. But uh, I I would say the the popular name right now is Jalen Warren, but I'm not convinced that. If Najee goes down, he gets that same sort of volume, you know, is uh, is the backup. I can see them bringing in somebody else, and then you know, two guys getting some sort of split. But that's kind of my 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 thought process. I don't think we can ever count on somebody getting that like twenty plus touches a game that Najee got his his rookie season. There's not. You can't when a JT went down. If Najee goes down, if these guys go down, it doesn't matter. The, the other guys are backups. They're not that talented. It's not. No. It's not. They can get 20 touches, the same as these other guys do, 25 touches a game. They're not going to produce like these elite running backs will. And, and so it'll be a committee. It'll turn into some yeah. kind of committee. It is what it is. You know, I like Jalen Warren because I was lucky enough to grab him a little bit earlier than most people kind of heard about him before whatever. So 
I like posting the guys that I pick up on on our leagues together, especially when I get if something happens, I get to play them against you, and uh, that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> hey, don't uh, don't don't count out uh, count out uh, Derek Watt, who I think is uh, part of the Watt family. I'm I'm being I'm joking around. I was looking at the uh, the the, the uh, depth chart there, but I didn't realize that he was uh, listed as a running back. He's off the team today, so. Oh, was the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Never mind. <laughs> There's only two. They stuck it to the uh, to TJ there. Yeah, he gone. There's uh, he was playing fullback anyway, right? He was playing H back, not running yeah, back, right? That, that's what, yeah. That's why I was like, I'm looking at ESPN their uh, their depth chart, and they list him as a running back. But I'm like, I don't think he's a running back. No, that's uh, I think they, there's only the three guys on the backfield to the, as of right now. So, uh. Let's see. Jay Sternberger, Sternberger. He was somebody that when he came in the league with the Packers, I thought he was going to pan out. It never really happened. Uh, Texans, the sleeper chat went absolutely, you know, whatever, whenever anything Marlon Mack comes up. And when he got cut today by the Texans, it was like 100 million BB, 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 about, you know, yep. the, the Marlon Mack conversation. So it's, uh, it's just fun how there's those kind of guys. But, uh, the Texans uh, further entrenched Damian Pierce as the main option at running back on that team. So, thanks, Joe Castleman, for uh, taking my guy. I appreciate it one more time. Uh, hey, what about uh, what, what what about Rex Burkhead? I, I made a joke earlier, and I was like, "Hey, if for some like one in a million chance it's not a joke, then I'll pretend I was serious." But what about a uh, what about Rex Burkhead having like a a random like a uh, uh, C Patterson sort of season uh, over with the Texans? It's funny because. Uh, I was in a, uh, I was, I'm in a, we just did a, who was it? Um, not, we, we, I had a, we had a in-person draft with like 70 people last yeah. weekend or so. And it was crazy. It was a madhouse inside, inside the place. Um, and we picked up Rex Burkhead in like round 15 and I'm like, ah, oh, you guess you got to do it. You know, it is what it is. But if something happens to Pierce, I mean, it, all of a sudden, Rex Burkhead is just, it is, it is what it is. He's proved that he can do it before too. He's just, he's a hard nose all around good football player. He's getting older, but he can still get the job done. So it's really, I mean, we all make fun of it and like, Oh, what if Rex Burkhead, it's kind of like, you know, the guys go out drinking and they vote for this guy and you know, all of a sudden he wins kind of thing. Like that's, I could see it happening. So week 16, uh, it's an asterisk, but 22 for 149 and two touchdowns this past yeah. season. There's no, that's why he's still on the team. There's no doubt that he's a, uh, there's no doubt at all that he's a talented running back. So, um, it is what it is, man. Those, uh, those guys are, he, he's been around, he's stuck around this long for a reason. So, uh, Titans, nobody important Vikings third round pick. Kellen Mann was released by the Vikings after a poor preseason showing. He had a bad game the other day. He had one really nice pass, but other than that, that was, uh, that was about it. The writing was on the wall when Minnesota traded from Nick Mullins that, uh, Mann was yeah. on the way out. Sean Mannion, Albert Wilson. He gone. So, uh, all right, that's about it for the teams. Um, so what I wanted to see if, like, I I want to see if you can give me, like, a couple players that, because it's redraft season right now, a couple guys that are beyond, like, round 12, like pick 144-ish, kind of like that. Like, some guys you think that could be difference makers in a redraft this year and possibly even, you know, someone in the dynasty teams people could pick up now that, you know, they're probably on people's teams in deep dynasty leagues, you know, and I'm sure they're on people's rosters in uh, – you know, and most people who've done redraft stuff right now, because especially where their ADP is, but um, like, I want to talk about like guys like Isaiah likely the Ravens tight end. Mm-hmm. He really could be like the number three receiver in, in, in Baltimore. I, I honestly think that there, there, there's this big 
talk about who's going to be the number two receiver, who's, you know, who's going to take that number two receiver role. Isaiah likely is already killing it in camp uh, in, in the preseason. I think that he could be the number three receiver in this offense. What do you think about that? You know, with, uh, with likely, um, seeing the clips of him playing, it's, it, it was impressive because you don't see, it wasn't like he was just like scoring touchdowns or he was getting like these like five yard passing plays. Like he was extending the field a little bit. And I feel like that's something that stands out about a, a, a tight end, uh, is a guy that can make that like 15, 20 yard catch down the field and, uh, get targeted, uh, and, and handle some volume. So I, for redraft, I don't know. I, I, I kind of struggle with Baltimore just because I feel like we, we, we love Mark Andrews, right? We love Rashad Bateman. And then after that, you're like, you know, who else is going to step up? Is it, is it, is it going to be Devin Duvernay? Is it going to be, you know, all you can go down the depth chart there. You know, I, I thought like Wallace was going to be a guy that was going to pop up or something like that, but I don't know. I, I guess, I guess the fact that we don't know who the third option is kind of opens it up for anybody. Um, likely would have to probably be your like last pick though. I would assume in a redraft league, if you're taking that shot. Yeah. That's, I mean, like Jace Prochet had his, you know, his name's jumped around a little bit as far as being the number three right receiver, Talon Wallace, him and they were, they were kind of like, you know, who's going to be that guy. Who's going to be, who's going to be that person that ends up being the number yeah. two or the, you know, the, that the go-to guy when, you know, when everything else falls apart, but it very well could be a two tight end set that wins this, uh, this job. So. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at Fantasy Pros ADP. So overall PPR ADP for redraft, and you know I'll, I'll I've I've talked about both of these guys plenty of times, but uh, not super deep. But they're going pretty deep in drafts. Two guys uh, at 150, uh, Devontae Parker, and then at uh, 163, Jahan Dotson in. That's that it's on fantasy pros. They're not like the deepest of deep name guys, but I think, I think Parker for me went healthy. We've seen in 2019, he had the massive receiving yard upside. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. I'm pretty sure he was like wide receiver. I don't know. He was like a top 15 wide receiver at that time. Even this past season, he had a couple uh, weeks in his short window of health in Miami where he was a top 20 wide receiver for those specific weeks. And I feel like he brings, to the Patriots, uh, a bit of like what they wanted out of Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne is a guy that can stretch the field a little bit more. And I think he's more of a, a touchdown threat than a Jacoby Myers. So I feel like if he's healthy, he's got the opportunity to be the wide receiver one in fantasy points, just because I feel like he brings more upside than uh, Jacoby Myers. And Jahan Dotson is my other guy. Um, love Dotson. Like last year, my guy that was not, you know, the obvious, like, Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase was Elijah Moore. I, I had the jersey before the season started and everything, and I had this faith that Elijah Moore was going to have redraft relevance, and it only happened for a short window of time for Elijah Moore, but he balled out during that window. But this year, it's Jahan Dotson for me. He was a first-round draft pick. Um, I understand it's Carson Wentz, but I, I feel like the opportunity is there for him to be the guy behind McLaurin. He was extremely productive. At Penn State, he averaged like 98.5 yards per game. He was top 20 in receiving yards, had a, a ton of volume, and Matt Harmon's reception perception graded out Dotson to be uh, the best hands of this class. And, and I really like him as a player. 
And um, I, I know it's Carson Wentz, and I know the there's question marks for Washington, but I, I have a feeling that Dotson, maybe it's the second half of redraft season, is going to be a guy that turns into a flex play. And I think that's what you're looking for out of these late-round guys, is a guy that my wide receivers are banged up, I have bye weeks, I need somebody to fill in, or I need somebody to have a flex play. We're probably not going to find a pick, you know, 150 on the next, you know, Cooper Cup or something like that. But I feel like if you can find somebody that you can stream or you can use in the flex position, like a like a Dotson, I think then it's it's worth it. Yeah, I got Isaiah McKenzie and David Joku. They, they they've kind of shot up the uh, the. I just looked now for, up until like two weeks ago, these guys have shot up the uh, the a lot of. I'm not sure where they're at on uh, fantasy pros, but they they're like shooting stars right now in the ranking. So. Uh, McKenzie's pretty low right now for for them, which I'm pretty surprised at um, for for him. And Joku, I, I'd say is around around where I said Parker was at, so maybe not like the hottest of takes, but just depends yeah. on where you're looking. So, uh, just some commissioner questions, real fast, because it's uh, uh, you know, I run a lot of leagues. I'd like to see what other people think about. What's a, if you're starting a new dynasty league? What's the perfect roster size? What's the starting starters and bench? Uh, the scoring systems, number of teams. Like, what's if you're putting a lead together? What what would you do to start a, a brand new dynasty league? How would you set it up if you were the commissioner? I I would say I would say you know we uh, we can break down the the very specific scoring settings in in uh, the bench spots and everything like that. I always stick to PPR, which. You know, you and I say this and we're like, well, of course you do. But some leagues don't, you know, some leagues have, um, you know, half point PPR focuses. I I still love PPR. I, I like to have more starting spots than the average uh, fantasy league because I feel like it makes you think a little bit more. It makes you, you know, build a better roster. Like I, I'm in a dynasty league right now where we have, it's a dynasty league, one quarterback, two running backs, um, three wide receivers, a tight end and a flex, which is, that's fine. But I'm also in other leagues where there's three running backs and four wide receivers and a tight end and, and two flat, like crazy amount of starting spots. And I kind of like that because I feel like, I feel like you, you try to build a better team. I feel like there, you know, there's more scoring, so it's more fun. So, you know, I, that last example is not what I like to do, but I do like to have a couple flex guys in there and, and try to have a, a bigger roster when it comes to dynasty redraft, obviously completely different, but um, more, more starting spots, more scoring. I, I do like that. Did you ever hear about these all flex leagues where you do nothing, but you draft a team yeah. and it's nothing but flex. You could play literally nine wide receivers or eight running backs if you wanted to and nothing else on there. What do you think about those leagues? I feel like uh, that would be a league that I would want to be a redraft in all honesty. I know, I know there's dynasties like that, but I feel like if I do something like that, I'm only doing one of them and I'm not doing anything even close to that outside of it. Because then I feel like I feel, I feel like it kind of strays away from the things you get out, out of your typical fantasy league. You have to completely shape how you want to build a team and how you view players in a different way. And it's going to be different, you know, person to person. So I don't, I don't hate it, but I wouldn't do more than one of those that are like wild like that, because then I feel like my like mindset for, uh, for fantasy is a little too, you know, bouncing around the place. 
Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like cheating for me when you just you know somebody could just really rat hole one position and just call it a day kind of thing. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's so no, I, I'm not a big fan of it either. So I get it. Um, what uh, what do you do about inactive owners? This is a situation where guys are starting up leagues again. They got to kind of pick the people who are in. They're going to be in their leagues this year. Um, guys who don't respond to trades are in too many leagues and yours doesn't seem to be their priority. Um, hard to get a hold of kind of stuff. Like what, what do you do with guys? I mean, how long, how much is too long to uh, keep a guy like that in your league for? I think the, uh, I think the commissioner has got to be the one that, 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 uh, steps in for it because if I give somebody, I'm just, you know, a normal person in the league, I don't run anything, but if I'm the one giving a guy a hard time, that's one thing, but when the commissioner, you know, in private speaks to something, says, Hey, like we're trying to have an active league and we're trying to do, you know, you know, have guys that are uh, able to send trades back and forth and be active and make sure they're checking their lineups. I feel like the commissioner's got to step in and, and, and talk about that also because like, like you said, that guy might be in 50 leagues and your meet your, your league means nothing to them, but Everybody else in the league, you might have guys that this is their only league. So how is that fair to them? You know, you want everybody to enjoy it. Everyone's not going to win. Everybody's not going to win money. People are going to be disappointed about performances. But at the end of the day, you know, it might some people might be in two leagues or three leagues versus somebody that's in 20. So if you are reaching out to somebody, they're not responding to stuff, then at, at some point it might be your best friend, might be your wife your brother or whatever, you just got to cut ties and make it not personal and just say, Hey, the intent of the league is this. You're kind of straying away from that. And it's affecting other people's experience because at the end of the day, as a commissioner, you should want everybody's experience to be, to be good. Right. You want people to stay around in a league for a decade or more. On the outside, on the opposite side of the spectrum, how much grief do you take from people who, uh, before you give them the boot, someone who like every time you do anything, every trade that happens, every this and that, they're MF and the commissioner about why'd you let that go through or what's going on there? Eh, how much, how much grief do you take from someone before you say, listen, man, this league's just not fun for me. And I, I you know, it's, I, you're not even making it, you're disrupting it for everybody else too. Like when do you give something to boot as far as that goes? Like when you got to say how many warnings you give some before you really kind of say, it's not working out, man, go find somewhere else to play it. Yeah. I, I think anytime that a league, um, a league turns into to drama or a league turns into people not being happy, then you have to have your, your one or two conversations, but you also don't want to like lose the league. So if there's one person causing issues, would you rather have tough conversations and move on from that one person? Or would you rather have like half the league being upset and now half the league is gone saying, Hey, I don't want to deal with this stuff. I left the league like two years ago. That was my favorite league, but there was just so much drama in the league. There was people fighting all the time. We had like people like legitimately fighting about stuff. And, and I was one of them. And it, you know, it, there was just like back and forths and, you know, things being too personal and the commissioner never really stepped in and he never really, you know, stopped things from progressing and you have to not take a side all the time as a commissioner, you, you kind of just have to like lay down like what's what's the line we're not supposed to cross. And if one guy continues to cross the line, I think you as a commissioner, you have to say, hey, there's 12 people in this league. I want to I want to keep the 10. I'm staying. So I'm one of them. I want to keep the 10. 
I'm going to get rid of this guy versus half the league's gone because of this guy causing drama. You know, it's just bigger picture. Yeah, I've only left one dynasty league. It's, uh, you know, it's it, it, a lot of good people in the league, uh, family, friends, all that stuff. But they reversed the trade and, you know, then kind of said it was unfair. And then it ended up being where if the trade would have went through by now, I would have got smoke on the trade, you know. So don't yeah. that's why trade reverses never go through. It's one of, you know, the only time will tell. It's not up to anybody. To, you know, nobody knows more than anybody else. Just let everything go through. It plays itself out. It is what it is, you know. I'll, uh, you know, that's, I'm still friends with all the guys. It's, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's bygones are bygones, bygones are bygones. But sometimes you just got to, you know, be in leagues that are just fun. You know, it's it's not fun fighting with everybody all the time. So, no. it is what it is. Um, All right. So, we're going to evaluate a team right now. We do this during the off season. People were building their teams. So now a lot of teams are kind of set. The 30 man rosters have been done. Rookie rafts, drafts have been done. So we're going to evaluate a team after the rookie draft, after the 30 man cuts have been done. Um, what are the biggest needs for the team? Who are the keep trade cut guys? Who would you trade to improve this team? And what would you send away to do it kind of thing? Is this a rebuild or remodel is really the question here. This is a 12 team dynasty Superflex PPR 0.75 tight end premium, 10 starters, a quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, two flexes, a super flex spot, and then 20 bench spots with no limits on any positions. You could have 17 quarterbacks if you wanted to. Uh, pretty much normal scoring with bonuses for long plays. It's uh, kind of almost a carbon copy to the league that me and Nick are in, so he should be pretty familiar with the scoring rules. And then um, this guy has, as far as future picks are concerned, he's got a rookie uh, a 23 second, two 23 thirds, no first, and then a fourth and a fifth, and then all picks are available after that. But uh, he's got everything available in 2024, 2025, all that kind of stuff. But you can only trade two years on alliance, so 23 and 24 are only available for him. So this is, let me share my screen here to all the uh, friendly viewers out there. And share screen, share screen. So here's the team we're talking about. Can you see that? Yep. Okay. He's got Carson Wentz as his quarterback, Najee Harris and Joe Mixon, great backfield, Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman, Brandon Cooks, Mark Andrews is number one tight end, Hunter Renfro, Zach Ertz, Isaiah McKenzie is in his flex spot right now. And then he's got his bench consists of Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Sean Mannion, Sam Howell, uh, Cam Newton. So we, And then that's it for his quarterbacks. He doesn't have it. So really, he's only got one quarterback on his team in reality, unless Jimmy Garoppolo takes over his team or, you know, uh, it's a bad situation. His running is bad. His other backups. He's got Cam Newton also. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback. Giovanni Bernard. Rex Burkhead, we just talked about. Uh, Justin Jackson, who got cut today. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, uh, third round, third uh, third wheel in, uh, in Detroit. Uh, Jake Funk. Mark Ingram, who you like, who I don't think ever has a role again in the history of the NFL. Uh, Albert Wilson, nobody. Uh, Devontae Parker, who I think will have a pretty decent role in uh, New England. Josh Reynolds uh, and Keel Harry, who's hurt for the first couple months of the season. Anthony Schwartz, kind of a fan favorite, waiting for him to kind of bust out one of these years. Great athlete. I mean, superb runner, super fast guy. Uh, we'll see what happens in Cleveland. Uh, Chris Olave. Uh, Christian Watson. These are his rookie picks coming up now. And then he's got uh, Logan Thomas and Gerald Everett as his other tight end situations here. What do you think about this team? Um, 
Uh, what what's some situations? Where, first of all, is this a rebuild or remodel team? Is this guy ready to win right now? I'm going to say this. He won the championship last year. He, in a surprising fashion, he won the championship because he had a awesome game by Jamar Chase in the championship game where he scored like 85 points by himself. So uh, it kind of, I don't know how he got there. It was kind of like my, my team in your league, in our league, where it's yeah. just some, yeah. by luck, he got in there and then everything went right in the championship game. So uh, is this, what would you do to, uh, to fix this team? So he, he he doesn't have a second quarterback for a super flex, right? He does not have a second quarterback yeah. for a super flex. So he's going to get a zero one week at this point in time. I was nice enough to send him Ryan Tannehill for a Chris Olave, just uh, you know, if he wanted to take that. But uh, so he far, he hasn't no. respond to me. So we'll it, see it, what it, happens. It's, it's strange because you you have you have <laughs> you you have, you have some. Uh, it, to me, it feels like you got a, this weird mix of of. I got some good dynasty building blocks. I have um, some win now pieces because like Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's a, I'm a big Michael Pittman Jr. guy. I think he's a good, good, uh, good building block piece to have. Obviously with Jamar Chase as well, but then your third guy is Brandon Cooks, who I, I, I like a lot, but obviously not your, your, uh, your long-term play. Running backs room is, is solid just for those two guys with Najee and Joe Mixon. He doesn't have, much depth at all after that for the running back position. So for those guys on a bye week or knock on wood, uh, an injury, he's kind of in a bad spot right now. Unless, uh, like I said before, uh, Rex Burkhead has that Patterson season. But I don't know. You know, uh, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz being his only QB that's starting. I'm concerned. I, I'm concerned with uh, with with his competitiveness in this this coming season because I, I I think he's got some great pieces. But no depth, you know, um, and and no two starting quarterbacks. So this this reminds me of you know I had issues in your league. In all honesty, in your league, trying to pick out a direction I wanted to go because I had like a mix, and I still do. Like I have a mix of like very these guys can win me a championship this season versus like hey I got like a group of guys that are going to be good, but they're not like win now pieces. They're good dynasty pieces. So I think he might have to determine like, Hey, how do I want to, how do I want to shape this team? Because, you know, if it ends up him wanting to build some depth, I mean, Alave on the bench, you, you can, you can take a guy like Christian Watson, who I, I don't like at all personally. And you could probably get a, a decent return for somebody that's a Packers fan or somebody that wants a, a young receiver. You can take Jamar chase, which, you know, somebody would say, "Hey, if you're rebuilding, it'd be crazy to uh, to to take Jamar Chase and and sell him." But knowing that the capital is so high for him, you can end up having three or four pieces that end up being very useful for your uh, your your dynasty team here. But um, Joe Mixon, can you go a little bit younger? Can you get like a I don't know? Can you get like a ETN plus or something like that for Joe Mixon? Will somebody trade like a, a Brees Hall plus? I I don't know. Uh, you'd have to kind of fill out, you know, survey the room. But I'd be trying to take probably a piece or two here and breaking it down into more useful pieces versus like the top heaviness of, of I don't know, maybe Jamar Chase, maybe maybe Joe Mixon are two, you know, guys that I feel like you can fill your rosters out with. But what do you, what are you thinking? Are you you same page? Are you thinking he he should keep some of these pieces? Are you thinking? Uh, I don't know. My th- my theory on this is when you have building block building block players, uh, you you trade away place 
players to get players like that. It's very hard for me to let go of yeah. Jamar Chases. It's very hard for me to let go of Chris Olave. It's very hard for me to let go of, you know, I running backs. You know how I feel about running backs. I can give one craps about. I, I would trade both away right now if I had the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Andrews is somebody I'd probably hold on to too. But if you can get something for Zach Ertz or you know Gerald Everett right now is kind of a popular name. Logan Thomas has heard for the first couple of weeks, but you know he's a. Uh, you can get rid of all three of those tight ends and just have any backup behind Mark Andrews on a waiver wire. Who cares? Just someone filling for that one bye week. You need somebody. Yeah. Uh, if Mark Andrews got hurt, you, these guys are. I mean, maybe Zach Ertz might fill in a spot. Uh, you know, suck up some. I think I might have lost you. May have lost John here. May have lost John, but we're uh, still trucking away here. See if John gets back on the stream. Talking about Bird's team. If not, we'll uh, we'll cut things there. Uh, let's see. Maybe I'll be able to uh, pull up this team. There we go. Yeah. So. I do agree with what John said um, at the end of the day with uh, with trying to keep those major, major pieces. I was just thinking, hey, if I can turn, I don't know, some of those into four players that are of relevance, that, that's one thing. I think Joe Mixon's a guy that I would think about um, off-hauling to potentially get younger. Plus, I mean, can you get like a running back plus a wide receiver to fill in for you? Can you get a, a, a quarterback, a cheap like Jared Goff plus – a running back for Joe Mixon. I mean, those are two interesting things to think about as well. When it comes to uh, to building this team, um, I think that's would probably be one of my first moves. Can I get a a younger running back that obviously isn't a, you know that expensive? Plus, like a Jared Goff, a Davis Mills. You need a second quarterback on this team. Uh, that's that that's for sure. Um, Zach Ertz to a contender like I really like Zach Ertz and I feel like I'm a contender in some other leagues but um to me I feel like he'd be a guy that you know knowing I have Mark Andrews Zach Ertz shouldn't really matter to me at the end of the day uh so if I can go and grab him or grab some value for him I, f I feel like I can address some other needs on this specific team um Renfro Kind of depends on on uh, how the the room feels about him. Like me, I'm not paying for him, but other guys still believe that he's going to be a top 15, 20 wide receiver just based off of what he did last season. But with Darren Waller and Devonta Adams, I'm not you know entirely sure about that. 
otherwise on the bench. Uh, sorry, I don't know what happened on that. I don't know why my entire internet. Oh no, you're good. Out I was there, like, but it is what it is. I was like, I don't know if I froze or you froze, but I I started uh, improvising and, and speaking some more about uh, about this team though. But I I, I was saying uh, I, I do agree with. Uh, what you said about some of those staple pieces on this roster with the, uh, the Jamar chase and Mark Andrews. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't think I'd, I'd move both of those running backs, but I was just saying like, if I'm in desperation mode for a quarterback, I wonder if he can like for Mixon if somebody like really likes Mixon Cause you know, you know, there's uh, those, uh, Mixon truthers out there. I wonder if he can do like a, I don't know, mixing for like golf and a young running back that, you know, is not expensive. I, I don't know, just to like get that second quarterback. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, if he can, I mean, Wentz is not really that valuable to even trade away with a piece to, to kind of even upgrade. And then even then you're only having, no. you still only have a one quarterback situation. So uh, the thing is, he just won this league. So he's got his league paid for for the next two or three years, probably three yeah. and a half years is kind of what that comes down to. So that being said, I would kind of say, hey, I'll, I will, I'll, I'll try and give Get Jimmy away, G, try and trade Jimmy G away for a pick to somebody who's got Trey Lance. Yes. Sam Howell's not doing so bad in no. Washington, but he's not going to start for half the season. I'm not sure he's the future of Washington anyway. So if somebody wants to maybe take a chance to Sam Howell, trade all these guys away. You're not going to get much for Jamar Jefferson. You're not going to get much for Giovanni Bernard. I mean, none of his running backs are really worth anything as far as that goes. It, I mean, Hunter Renfro is getting a little bit older. Get rid of him. Brandon Cooks is great. You can get a lot for Brandon Cooks right now, especially like a second-round draft pick maybe. Or, a, you know, somebody might get – somebody who, the next guy who's contending in this league might give you a first for Brandon, Brandon Cooks, a late first, something like that. These are spots where you could pick up a quarterback next year in a super flex. Or – you know, then next year, trade away Najee and a, a couple thirds or a couple seconds and you move up to the middle of the first round to get your, your quarterback of the future who may be starting. You know, that's yeah. there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out next year's class. So uh, Michael Pittman is like I, I was I left off on Michael Pittman. I think he's somebody that is I think people are a little bit exaggerating what he's going to do this year. I think he already peaked. You're, you know what you're getting on Michael Pittman. He's not going to be, you know, I, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a wide receiver one in reality. I think he's, gonna, you know, a high wide receiver two, but there's a hundred of those. And there's more up. The receivers are coming in the NFL right now from day one and starting out being great, being fantastic. So I would, uh, Christian Watson, like you said, a Green Bay Packers fan, uh, anybody that would take Christian Watson, I would trade that for a second round pick if I can possibly get it. Or I, I'd spam the league. This is what I, you know, what I do. I spam the league on every possible person I can. Yeah. I'll send the same trade to everybody out there. And somebody else, you know, people counter, people say no. People, you know, the worst they're going to do is going to say no. Spam the league with something that you, the most you can get. And then if it doesn't go through, drop it down, drop your price a little bit. Keep spamming the league, keep spamming the league. If you want to get this done, it's going to take a lot of draft picks in the future and keeping your core players to, uh, to win. But, I think right now, if he keeps Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, and um, you know Mark Andrews, yeah. and uh, their running backs, I'm not sure this might be the last year for Joe Mixon. And uh, Najee is, uh, you know, I, I think he's already with the workload he's getting, he's not going to last very long. So uh, I, I I would try to sell Najee now for two for, for you know maybe a couple first, a couple. You can, this guy could rebuild his team really fast in the draft next year if he got rid of a yeah. bunch of players. Yeah, and and like you said, so sir, I'm not you sure know. player for. Oh, go ahead. But I was just going to say, like, player, I don't think I want. All right, your turn. I, th I think I was freezing. No, you're good. You're good. I think player for player, I don't want those trades player for player. I want picks. I want to get younger on this team. I want to get, I want to be a younger, a younger contender with, with younger players. So 
I, I don't, I think at this point in time, I won, I got a couple of years to recoup my money and uh, I, I want to get younger and start from scratch with, I mean, it's okay. Jamar Chase is going to be here for a long time. Chris Lively is going to be here for a long time. Mark Andrews is still 26 years old. He's going to be here for a long time. Sell this whole team. I mean, get rid of them all. Get rid of everything. Do what you can. Who cares if you get, if you go on whatever this year, it doesn't matter. It's free. It's a free year. You know, I know people don't want to do that and, you know, but I, and I wouldn't do it right now. I'd wait till in season when these guys were starting to have good weeks. And, you know, when, when you start, when you go 0-4-0-5, then say, hey, Najee had 200 yards and, and two, two touchdowns and five receptions. Hey, who wants Najee Harris? Dangle him to the whole league. Somebody's going to pay two first for him. Whoever's got two first or three first or whatever, let him go. So, Yeah, especially with uh, a, guy, a guy like Zach Ertz who, who might be the number two target until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. So you're getting six weeks of him getting the second most targets from, from Ty, uh, Kyler and – you can capitalize on that, and then you're going to get, like you said, Hunter Renfro. He's not the youngest guy in the league. Obviously, he's not 30, but he just had a top 12 season this past year, and you're going to have people that say, hey, he just did. He's probably still, like, that good. I mean, you like like you said, the big thing you said was uh, uh, spam the league. I said I said it in a nicer way. I said survey the room, but still, you'll find some people <laughs> that, that, like, really want these guys. I'm a sucker for Brandon Cooks. If I'm in the league and he puts them on the block, I'm sending an offer. So you you always have guys that that want specific pieces. Yeah. All right. Well, I kind of think we kind of said about enough about this. Uh, Nick, just kind of uh, see your way out here. Tell everybody, uh, you know, what's going on, where you're at, what's uh, what the story is with you, and all of your awesome stuff on the Twitter and the TikTok and the all the rest of the community. Where they can find, where everybody can find you. At. Sure, you can find all my content on Twitter at P2W Fantasy. Uh, again, like I said, at the beginning of the show, I, I try to diversify my content. So I'll have, you know, live streams. I'll have, uh, just regular audio podcasts, short videos, threads, uh, articles, uh, infographics, just random stuff all the time just to, uh, for my own mental sake to mix things up. But also I feel like I'll hit different types of an audience by doing different stuff. But, you know, I'm on TikTok. I'm on, I put stuff on Facebook and YouTube and, you know, Snapchat everywhere, but, all of my work is always on uh, Twitter, so go follow me at P2W Fantasy to find all my stuff. Very good. Thank you uh, very much for being on here. You can find me on the Twitter machine at John Glenn 75 My commissioner evaluation is on iTunes, uh, a couple other spots too, but mainly I kind of I listen to iTunes or I iPodcast, whatever it's called. That's um that's where I listen to most of my stuff at. So. Uh, it'll be out tomorrow morning or later tonight on your ride to work. You can listen to it at 1.5 or, you know, 1.275. That's always a debate what speed listen people listen to podcasts on, but uh, 1.25 is my speed. So I get a lot of men all the time. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Commissioner Evaluation Show. Nick, thanks for making it awesome. You guys, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will see you next time. Later. <laughs>